The following program is part of the Inner Circle Podcasting Group. Go to innercirclecomics.com for more high-quality podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate Now to become a supporter. Hi there, this is Mike Kalick, also known as Mantar from the World Wrestling Federation. You're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Break it, break it down like good. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you. Yeah! To the THN, episode 216. We're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, July 8th. My name is Matt Baum. It's at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. And when I'm not gearing up for a presidential run and taking a hardline anti-Canadian stance, Joe, they're sending us people with problems. They're vampires. They're ghouls. They're baby eaters, all right? And when I'm not planning an impenetrable U.S.-Canadian border... I am writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorthPoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick. That's at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not reassuring our Canadian sponsors and business interests that my co-host is a populist moron desperately trying to keep his name in the news cycle and doesn't have a chance of winning any kind of general election. Not being racist is for losers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. This week, once again... Comic-Con is upon us. And Joe and I are sitting in the ziggurat instead of hobnobbing with cosplayers and Hollywood stars and our favorite comic creators as usual. But we are analyzing all of the news coming out of San Diego. After that, we'll review 12 of this week's new comics faster than the New Horizons spacecraft whipping by a pissed-off Pluto during the ludicrous speed round. And then we'll retire to the teach in Sanctum Sanctorum where... uh. I'm going to find out. It turns out my polling numbers aren't as great as I thought they were. So, folks, put on your boots and shine up those spurs, because we've got a Texas-sized info dump coming at you like a rabid steer with a rodeo clown in its sights. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for your annual Comic-Con Roundup Big News, y'all! That was unintelligible. Yeah, I know. It's awful. Okay. (laughs) Like Matt said, Comic-Con International in San Diego is winding down as we speak, and as always, the weekend was full of huge news from our favorite publishers, and some that we don't really care about, but we're going to talk about anyway. hey This year's Comic-Con has featured moments like Marvel revealing more about their all-new, all-different relaunch, the unexpected return of old favorites in an unfamiliar place, huh? a huge Vertigo revival, and, shock of shocks, DC actually making some huge comic announcements like for once. It's like they listen to us. There's way more than we can cover completely, so get ready for some rapid fire reporting along with our gut reactions. Butt reactions. Sorry, butt reactions. <laughs> Let's start off with DC Comics. Who actually had something to say. They did. DC announced a trio of titles confirming the anything-goes nature of the new DCU, or the Sublime 49, as we're calling it, that followed the events of Convergence! I don't think it's the Sublime 49 anymore. Yeah, we're going to have to add it up and figure out what it is now. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's like more than 52 now. Superman, colon, Lois and Clark, written by Dan Juergens with art by Lee Weeks, on sale October 14th. The solicit goes like this, following the epic events of Convergence! Here are the adventures of the last son and daughter of Krypton and Earth as they try to survive in a world not their own. But can they keep this world from suffering the same fate? Can this Superman stop the villains? 
he once fought before they are created on this world. What does that mean? I don't know what the f*** that even means. What is intergang? And why does Lois's discovery of it place everyone she loves in jeopardy? And what will happen when their nine-year-old son learns the true identity of his parents? What? Okay, so <laughs> this is pre-New 52, Superman and Lois, like from the pages of... That's what it is? Convergence, which means that whatever everyone was speculating about at the end of Convergence, where they're like, I think everything counts. I think it all counts. They're right. Weird. They're right. Weird. They're on a different world, so they're not on they're they're not in their own world and they're not in the new 52 world or whatever we're calling it these days. Can he stop the villains he once fought before they're created? So it sounds like he's on a world that's uh, an earth that's similar. And there are like there's a Lex Luthor and there's a whoever the toy man is, but they're not does he know all this? Does he remember all this? I mean, there's so many questions. Well, yeah, because they're they're refugees from a universe okay. that got wiped out or okay. whatever. Okay. I don't know, man, but I'm pumped about it. That's a weird reset. Telos, written by Jeff King, with art by Carlo Pagulian and Jason Paz. Not Telos with two L's from Image. No, that's a different <laughs> book. Different Telos. Uh, this kicks off October 7th. The villain of the world-shattering Convergence event stars in his own series... Set loose from his planetary tether at the end of the best-selling Convergence! Telos finds himself... Look, those books were all returnable. <laughs> it was not best-selling. Thankfully. There's an asterisk on all those numbers. Telos finds himself free and able to traverse space and time via a sliver of Brainiac's powers. As this epic begins, he embarks on an odyssey journeying across time and space in search of his past. I don't care. I don't care either. I'm doing, I, I mean, I'll see, check it out. I want to see. I'm looking up who Jeff King is because I knew Jeff King co-wrote Convergence. Oh, he did. Mm -hmm. Titans Hunt written by Dan Abnett art by Paolo Sequeria, right? Yeah. Sequeria? Sure. Sequeria. Sequeria. On sale October 21st. Convergence is over, but the ripples are still being felt, especially by a young precog named Lilith. <laughs> what are these versions? Lilith. Her name is Lilith. <laughs> I know. It's just fun to say like that. Like saying Mountain Dew. What are these visions she's having of a Teen Titans team the world never knew? And why does she feel compelled to seek out Dick Grayson, Roy Harper, Donna Troy, and an Atlantean named Garth and warn them that something dark and sinister is coming after them? Who are Mal, Nark, Hank Hall, and Don Granger? I know who the last two are. And what is their connection to the others? And to the fate of every soul on Earth. This is the secret history of the Teen Titans. Okay, so this this book takes place in current DC continuity. Okay. And what it seems like with this description and the art that they showed. Right. Is that this is Lilith, who is a classic character from the original Teen Titans. Right, right, right. It sounds like this character is remembering... Like the past DC. She's remembering a version of the Teen Titans that in the New 52 never existed. Oh, okay. So the old Teen like the yeah. Marv Wolfman so Teen Titans. So it seems like this, this seems like they are retroactively trying to insert the original Teen Titans back into continuity through oh, these man. shenanigans. That's crazy. I'm, I'm into it, man. That's I'm nuts. into it. I, there are some other announcements that I got super excited about this weekend, but this one and the Superman one, they really tickled we me. We both like Abnett. Yeah, I like Abnett. Milestone Media is back at DC, occupying Earth M in the DC multiverse. Well, isn't that convenient? <laughs> in the originally Milestone, they were on the, uh, in a parallel reality. Right. The focus was shunted to the left instead of right. at the, the white dudes. Right. 
The initial plan is for Earth M stories to be told as up to two hardcover graphic novels per year. Could have worked. As many though. as two hardcover graphic novels <laughs> per year. Plus and quote. But should have said as many as more than one. I know. <laughs> Plus a quote as yet to be determined number, end quote, of miniseries and one shots. <laughs> we have a plan. It's not exactly fleshed out. <laughs> Static Shock, Icon, Rocket, Hardware, and Zombie are specifically mentioned by DC as returning characters with new heroes and villains promised as well. Creators involved include Milestone co-founder Denny Cowan. I haven't seen his name for a while. Uh, he did a Convergence book, uh, Shadow of the Bat, I think. Oh, that's right. That's right. Milestone 2.0 partner Reginald Hudlin. There's D- a name we haven't seen for a while. DC Entertainment Chief Creative Officer Jeff Johns and DC Comics co-publisher Jim Lee. Never heard of them. I, I, have they ever done anything? I've never heard of them. While the exact details haven't been revealed, Hudlin said to CBR that it's likely Lee will draw a story written by him. Whoa. And that Cowan will illustrate a story written by Jeff Johns. Whoa. I loved Milestone. I didn't love it. Um, I read a little bit of it. I didn't hate it. I like hardware. I found kind of interesting. He was sort of like an Iron Man type character. Yeah. I mean, I didn't read tons of milestone characters. Like they just, when I was reading comics heavily back during those days, I got most of them at grocery stores and and gas stations. Sure. Milestone was the sort of thing that for the most part you found at comic shops. You know, it was direct market stuff. The last static shock kind of fell down for me, you know. But, but I did like what I read of it back in the day. Like I really enjoyed the static solo series at first and uh, they crossed over with the main DC universe uh, for a story that I really enjoyed. I'm excited to see him come back and I'm glad that they are going to be able to establish their own world right on as opposed to the last revival at, that kind of tried to fart them into the new squeeze them into yeah. the DC universe. Yeah. yeah. Milestone has, is all about like promoting diversity, not just yeah. in characters, but in also creators. And to be fair, they were doing that back in the 90s, man. Yeah. You know, and which was cool. It it's was- always been an uphill battle for them. But really, if there's ever been a time for that sort of mentality, it's now. Time is now. Jeff Johns will write a Dark Side War spinoff called Justice League Gods and Men, a series of six single issues focusing on key characters in the Dark Side War and extending their individual conflicts against the backdrop of Universal Armageddon. Whoa. Wow. Yowzers. Uh, we'll see. Batman, armed with the godlike power of the Mobius chair, the Dark Knight has taken on the role of Metron. What? And plans to use the <laughs> infinite knowledge of this device to turn Gotham City into a completely crime-free zone. Okay, Superman, corrupted by the weird energies of apocalypse fire pits, Superman has been turned into an angry, violent brute, and only one man can possibly save him, Lex Luthor. It's like when <laughs> Richard Pryor gave Superman yeah. fake kryptonite in Superman 3, and he got real mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned it, well, he got real mad, he just turned into kind of a jerk. He started flicking peanuts at the bar. Yeah, he was a jerk. Mm. Green Lantern, Oa, has been conquered and transformed into a Parademon Factory, and the Green Lantern Corps is no more. Only Hal Jordan remains to follow a distress call from the last active lantern seen fighting on Oa, John motherfucking Stewart. Yeah! Love that guy. <laughs> Lex Luthor, at last! Lex Luthor, the new ruler of Apocalypse, Whoa. can do what he never could accomplish on Earth, hold the fate of a world in his hands, but one failure from the Dark Side War continues to keep him from the peace that he craves. And only a crazed Superman can help him get it. Man, they're going to end up a couple at the end of this, aren't they? (laughs) The Flash. The Flash takes on the role of Death's Harbinger, the Black Racer. Awesome. And the beneficiary of his first visit, 
is Aquaman. Sorry, Aquaman. You dead. Yeah, they're going to kill him just in time for the movie, I'm sure. Shazam! Instead of accessing the powers of the old gods, Billy Batson now commands the combined powers of the new god. That is awesome. Like High Father Mantis and others trapped within the source wall. I hope Big Bear is there. And that's power that no mortal should possess. Big Bear does not fit into the Shazam anime. I know, I know, but man, I love Big Bear. <laughs> or acronym. This just uh, bonkers. This, I mean, these are cool. Uh, I love some of the ideas that are going on yeah, in the I Dark Side see what War. Jeff Johns does with it. Uh, it's hard to get super excited about it because exactly one installment of the Dark Side War has come out. Yeah. But we'll see. I read that Shazam solicit and I thought that that was awesome. That sounds pretty cool. This sounds like Jeff Johns drove by Grant Morrison's house and threw a brick through the window with this script attached to it. Like, <laughs> eat <laughs> Morrison. I can, uh, you want to go nuts? Let's go nuts. <laughs> I love it. Announced as part of the 75th anniversary of Robin, DC will launch two sidekick centric series featuring the boy wonder. Batman and Robin Eternal is described as a sequel to the previous weekly Batman Eternal and will run for six months, but getting on October 7th. Scott Snyder and James Tinian IV return as showrunners for this new series, with Tinian taking the lead, and Snyder, Tim Seeley, Genevieve Valentine, Steve Orlando, Jackson Lansing, who I've never heard of, yeah. Colin Kelly, who I have also never heard of, and Ed Brisson also contributing. Uh, Steve Orlando wrote... Um, Orlando is... Oh, he writes Midnighter, Midnighter, right? Yeah. But he also did Undertow, Undertow. with Steve Orlando. Yeah, Undertow. Yeah, I like that book. Great book. Uh, Genevieve Valentine is the current writer of Catwoman. Cool. Uh, the lead artist of the series will be Tony Daniel with Paul Pelletier, who I love, and Scott Eden, who I also love. All those guys. Joining him. Those really talented crew. This series will return Cassandra Kane to the DCU. Yes! Thank you. Oh! Thank you. That Thank is you. my favorite Batgirl. I love Cassandra Kane. Oh. Also announced Robin War, a five week crossover event that pulls together Gotham Academy, Robin, son of Batman, and we are Robin <laughs> with two one shots bookending the event by writers, Tom King, Lieber Mayo, Pat Gleason, and artist Carrie Randolph. Whatever. There's not real. There's no real information so about that one. Have like four Robin books running at the same time. It, well, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, this Batman and Robin Eternal book is all. Uh, there's a lot of like flashbacky stuff about Dick Grayson's time as Robin, okay. and that is some stuff that I feel has been really missing uh, since the New Fifty Two. Is no, I agree with that. Please tell me what I need to know more about what it was like for these guys when yeah, Batman was, was just getting started. No history, basically. Yeah, no. Right. History. They were just like, uh, and uh, there were five Robins, and yeah, now like, uh, Damien. Like I was Robin for half an hour. It sucked, you know, <laughs> whatever. I. I'm into Batman and Robin Eternal. I kind of fell off Batman Eternal. I, I just kind of lost interest and couldn't I did keep too. up. It, it just wasn't doing it for me. But this, at least, this looks like something I'm more a little bit more into. Yeah, if they're going to touch on the historical stuff, I'm I'm down. DC Entertainment and IDW Publishing announced their latest crossover miniseries during IDW's panel on Friday. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, <laughs> scheduled for November. This six-part monthly miniseries is set in the streets of Gotham City where fans will see the Dark Knight fight like never before with wall-to-wall -wall ninja action. The story will be written by James Tynion IV with artist Freddie E. Williams II handling <laughs> interior and cover art. In addition, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles co-creator Kevin Eastman and other to-be-announced artists will illustrate variant covers. 
Batman and TMNT. Whatever, man. Because you demanded it. I'm into it. There you go. I I said it last week. We got Star Trek and Green Lantern. Why I, not Batman and the Ninja Turtles? I love intercompany crossovers. Oh, man. And Star Trek Green Lantern was awesome. We're probably going to talk about that in a couple minutes. I can't wait for Aquaman Transformers. That's going to be <laughs> Chronicle screenwriter Max Landis has tricked DC into letting him write a seven-issue limited <laughs> series called Superman, colon, American Alien, launching in November and featuring artists Nick Dragota. We love him. Joelle Jones. We love her. Jay Lee. I love him. Francis Manipal. We both love him. Tommy Lee Edwards. He's fantastic. Jonathan Case. Don't know him. And Jock. F***ing awesome. Landis said the new series will feature a younger version of Clark Kent who gets into trouble as his powers begin to manifest. DC describes each issue as a story which captures a pivotal moment in Clark's development into the archetypical hero he's become. Quote, it's seven stories from Clark Kent's life. It's not a redux of his origin, Landis said. Instead, it's stories Clark might tell you if you were having a beer together. End quote. Clark drinks beer? Yeah. Landis also said that he wanted to do a story that was the opposite of All-Star Superman, which caused the internet to have a small meltdown. I don't, I don't understand. Wait, he doesn't want it to be great? That, that is essentially <laughs> exactly what the internet wanted to know. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to do something that sucks instead of something great. Uh, you should look up Chris Haley on Twitter. There's an artist named Chris Haley. He does art for Comics Alliance. Okay. He spent an entire day just posting different photos and GIFs reacting to the same quote for like 12 straight hours. <laughs> It was glorious. Okay, why did you say that he tricked DC in a uh, Because Max Landis very famously did this little short video where he shits all over a bunch of stuff from Superman's history. Oh, I remember that. Uh, like the death of Superman yeah. and all that stuff. I'm not saying that those things are great. I mean, they're fondly remembered as artifacts of the past, I understand. Yeah. But and yeah, it was a funny video. DC was... And he got famous people to help him out. I'm not trying to name drop or anything, but through sheer happenstance john landis wandered into legend comics and coffee a year or so ago he did he was eating dinner with warren buffett and you didn't he was in town intro again way to go Thanks. dude i was so gobsmacked by the fact that i was talking to john landis i didn't even remember my own name anyway that's not the story the story <laughs> is is that he says something like yeah my son max writes comic books dc was not happy about that video <laughs> <laughs> With the absence of Marvel Studios, Warner Brothers had free reign in Hall H, where they premiered a brand new Affleck heavy trailer for Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. Thank the you. trailer also offered our first glimpses of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and Jesse Eisenberg in a terrible wig as Lex Luthor in action. I gotta say, after seeing this trailer, I'm not gonna say I feel better, but I will say it looked kind of cool. I still think, okay, these guys are going to get together and kick the shit of each other. Then they're going to form the Justice League. <laughs> like, it seems a little strange. This trailer definitely addressed some of my main beefs with Man of Steel, specifically yeah. the idea that Superman was part of this wanton destruction of Metropolis. Yeah. Everything Batman looked super cool. Yeah. And I thought Gal Gadot looked badass as yeah, Wonder she Woman. She looked great. But then they followed it up with what I think is probably the single worst interpretation of Ma Kent ever in the history of Superman, yeah. where she essentially says, it's the same thing as Pa Kent in the first yeah. one, where he's like, don't help these people. You don't know Your these privacy dicks. is more important. You don't know these dicks anything. Yeah. <laughs> like she might as well have told him, let the earth burn. Yeah. Tell him to frig off, Superman. <laughs> 
and then like and then there's a scene and i know it's all out of context and of course the I'm superman not, shock troops what was that okay i have a theory about that i do too but yeah and then there's an there's another moment in the trailer where superman straight up a kill shot with his heat vision at an unarmored Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know it's all quick cut trailer stuff and maybe that's not how it goes down in the movie, but I just like, I saw that I'm like, if Batman had not grapple hooked away, he would be vaporized. Well, that's why I think Lex Luthor did something to him. Like put a whammy on him or something. Maybe. That's maybe. my guess. It, it was like, it was 50, 50 where I was like, Oh, okay. And yeah. Then, that's kind of where I was. <sighs> too. Warner Brothers also confirmed a rebooted Green Lantern film set in the shared DC Cinematic Universe. We kind of knew that was coming, though. Yeah. Though no firm details were given, the title of the movie will be Green Lantern Corps. Awesome. Finally, get that space police procedural a la Law and Order <laughs> that I've always wanted. Tyrese Gibson from Fast and the Furious has done nothing but tease the fact that he is Jon Stewart or that he wants to be Jon Stewart. Fine with me. So bad Tyrese absolutely I love that guy good looking young man totally uh and there is a very heavy very strong rumor that Chris Pine is like the front runner to play Hal Jordan what which would be radical the last DC announcement that we had time before recording I don't believe it was officially announced at the WB panel but reports surfaced indicating that Ben Affleck will team with Jeff Johns to co-write a Batman solo film which Affleck will direct I mean, I'll take it. Ben Affleck is actually a fantastic filmmaker. He makes really good movies. Totally. Yeah. But but I don't believe they're, they're going to have to shoehorn it into their already crowded yeah. schedule. And and no offense to Affleck, but dude, he's getting older. Yeah. I mean, like, what is this going to happen? Five years? Well, 2018. Yeah. Oh, but that's something we didn't address in the trailer is that this is already an old Batman. In the trailer, they Apparently. flat out say that this was he like 20 years ago. Yeah. He was Batman in Gotham and then he just like stopped. Yeah. They're going very Frank Miller with it. Yeah. Very Frank Miller. Absolutely. Even straight down to the armor. That that's it for DC proper. Let's go into Vertigo. Vertigo. The Vertigo Renaissance is upon us. The DC imprint announced a whopping 12 new titles at Comic-Con this weekend. Jesus. I don't know if we got time to go into them all. <laughs> Kicking it off with Twilight Children by Gilbert Hernandez and Darwin Cook. That's going to be crazy. Excellent. Supernatural horror story centered on a flawed and volatile young woman named Tito. Whatever. Okay. I like the name Tito. I like the name Tito too. I just thought it was a dude's name. Survivor's Club by Lauren Bukes with Dale Halverson and Ryan Kelly playing on the tropes of the 80s horror movies. Series takes six survivors of different terrifying experiences, a killer doll, a slasher, a haunted house, a Japanese horror tale, and an encounter with creepy neighbors, and a trip through an arcade machine into hell, and brings them together as a club of chosen ones. Look for this in October. Sounds scary. Sounds like hack slash butt split between six sort people. <laughs> I'm into it. I love Ryan Kelly. Okay. Clean Room by Gail Simone and John Davis Hunt. This was previously announced for October 2014. And was supposed to come out months ago. This is a mind-bending series that tells of a journalist's investigations into a guru who claims to be able to heal deep-seated psychological problems thanks to her mysterious, hermetically sealed clean room. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. This comes out in October. It's ongoing. Art Ops by Sean Simon and Mike Alred. Following the adventures of special ops team that tracks and retrieves escapees from works of art. Starting with the Mona Lisa. Awesome. I think it's great. Very Fables-esque. Nuts. Seems very Fables-esque. Oh, it'll be fun. Unfollow by Rob Williams and Mike Dowling. This is for November. They didn't really talk about it much. It appears to be some sort of social media based thriller. 
Yeah, mm. whatever. The, uh, stuff like that. I, I mean, I'll read it. I like Rob Williams, yeah, we'll but stuff like that is going to feel real dated. Yeah. You got to be careful. Point. Like hashtag the new book from Vertigo. You know, like <laughs> five years ago, like what the f- the hashtag slash and burn by Rob Williams, Max Dunbar and Andy Parks. Who we both really like. Roisin Haynes is a former pyromaniac turned firefighter who investigates a series of fires, a reminder of her own past crimes. Another book in November. Red Thorn by David Bailey and Megan Hetrick, a dark fantasy story rooted in the mythology and history of Glasgow. Weird. It's also ongoing. That's going to be a wait and see for me. I don't really know. Starts in November. Jacked by Supernatural creator Eric Kripke and John Higgins, previously announced as Amped. With Derek Robertson on art? Yeah, didn't we talk about this? Yeah, yeah. It was called Amped, and Derek Robertson yes. did all the promo art It was stuff. called Limit, and we, it was like Limitless plus Superpowers, yeah. basically. Six issue mini, starts in November. I don't know. They switched it up. Maybe stuff Derek's busy. Happened. Maybe, maybe. The Sheriff of Baghdad by Tom King. That guy's getting a lot of projects coming out. And Mitch Garretts, who I really enjoy. A murder mystery crime procedural about a former Florida police officer who joined the army after 9-11 and now trains Iraqi police officers in Baghdad. Good Lord. Crazy. Uh, this is an eight-issue mini starting in December. New Romancer by Peter Milligan and Brett Harson. Lexi, a coder for a dating app, inadvertently brings her dream man to life. And he just happens to be Lord Byron. A high concept that sounds like a cross between weird science and her. 12 issues starting December. <laughs> I don't know. Only at Vertigo, folks. Yep. And we've got a revival of Lucifer mm. just in time. By Holly Black and Lee Garbett, who I really enjoy. I like Lee Garbett. God is dead. And Lucifer stands accused of his murder by the Archangel Gabriel. Vertigo doesn't typically revive old brands with new creative teams, but the TV show's coming out this fall. Do the math. Go figure. It's ongoing. December launch. Last Gang in Town by Simon Oliver and Rufus Dayglow. Yeah. That's a heck of a name. Yeah. A punk gangster in 1970s London leads a heist to steal the crown. It's a seven-issue mini. Starts in December. All these sound like fun. Vertigo is just, as usual, pushing the limits, getting fucking weird. How long have we been talking about Vertigo needing to resurge? It's been a while. Like, honestly, probably since the mid-90s. Like, all of their flagship books are starting to drop off. Like, yeah. this is a much-needed shot in the arm for Vertigo. And Definitely. I am happy to see most of these. I'm not sure about some of them, but we're going to check them all out for sure. I was honestly starting to worry that Vertigo was going away. Let's move to Marvel. Marvel has announced a new crossover titled Star Wars Vader Down. Co-writer Kieran Gillen says it is a crossover between his Darth Vader title and the core Star Wars title, which I already thought was kind of crossing over. But hey, the crossover would be written by Gillen and Jason Aaron with Mike Diodato and Salvador LaRocca on the art. Gillen describes Star Wars Vader down as the Sith Lord getting stranded behind enemy lines and having to take on the entire rebel army. No word was given when the crossover would begin. Karen Gillen's Darth Vader has been so goddamn good. It's good. That book is excellent. And Darth Vader is like, we get to see him as the badass we've always wanted to see. This sounds rad. So the two books certainly overlap, but this is an actual, like they are right. meeting and crossing over. Okay. Which of course was inevitable. Don't love Diodato. Me neither, but we'll see. Chewbacca will be the next Star Wars character to receive a solo miniseries. Super excited. The five-issue minis starts in October by Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto. Oh, love it. 
Love Chewbacca it. will reportedly be set just after the events of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Another way of saying that is this runs concurrent with the actual Star Wars comic. <laughs> Why complicate it? With the famed Wookiee crash landing on a mysterious Imperial controlled planet and finding both new allies and some old friends. Duggan said that he's writing a full English translation of all of Chewie's trademark whines and growls for the creative team, but readers will not see it. I love it. That's, That's awesome. awesome. That's great. We've never needed to understand what Chewie, what Chewie was saying, and we got it. But the idea that like the writer is actually yeah. saying, okay, and in this one, he's saying, well, actually, Han, I disagree. We should probably right. jump to light speed. But I mean, you kind of have to do that so they can like write the dialogue yeah, to work. I think I it's awesome. Love it. Marvel will kick off their all-new Avengers line with Avengers Zero. Scheduled for release in October, this anthology one-shot has stories by the creative teams of the six Avengers books, all-new, all-different Avengers, A-Force, New Avengers, Ultimates, Squad Supreme, and Uncanny Avengers. Someone is carefully studying the movements of the Avengers and those in their orbit, but do they mean to harm or help? I'm going to go with harm. This is essentially a point one. Yeah. Which they're also doing. They're doing an all new, all different point one. Thank goodness. But hey, they want to do two of them. What do I care? Whatever. More news about all new, all different Marvel leaked from a retailer only event on Friday featuring promo art for characters that didn't appear in the original teasers like Devil Dinosaur. Yes. Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl. What? Yeah. Like a modern looking like teenage girl. I want furry little moon dude. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. There's, There's no details. Bullshit. The Black Knight, love it. Death's Head, eh. Night Mask, eh. Starbrand, eh. The Black Widow, okay, and Hercules. Yes. The post Secret Wars Return of Squirrel Girl was also announced, as were two new series, Spidey, written by Robbie Thompson. What? An all ages book in continuity. What? Featuring a teenage Peter Parker in standalone stories. What does that mean? It means just what I said. And Blade the Hunter by writer Tim Seeley and artist Logan Farber. The new Blade series will feature the <laughs> the Daywalker, which uh, Apple Pages corrected to Jaywalker, <laughs> fighting vampiric threats with his 16-year-old daughter, Fallon Gray. Matt, did you know that Blade had a 16-year-old daughter? I didn't, but I did know that that dude hates crosswalks, man. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm guessing she's just going to pop up like, hey... You don't know me, but I'm your kid. Maybe. You know? I don't know. Like Apollo Creed's kid, the new Creed movie. Oh, but that movie looks awesome. Oh, it looks so good. Seeley said that inspiration for the series will be drawn from the 70s Marvel Monster magazines. That's fine with me. Sounds great. And I love putting the twist on Blade. Like all of a sudden you're a daddy. You can't just be like Kung Fu badass who doesn't give a Yeah. Lay some pipe and skips town. No, dude. You made a baby. That's right. Mm. Life has consequences, right. Blade. Speaking of Blade none other than Wesley Snipes revealed that he has had quote conversations with Marvel about reviving the blade movie franchise and that the new project featuring the character is a definite possibility. I'm saying fingers crossed. Wesley Snipes has been making calls. They've been like, yeah, okay, we'll get back to you, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we'll definitely call you. You don't need to call us. (laughs) Always bet on black. Marvel made my day on Sunday by announcing a new Spider-Man Deadpool team-up book by the classic Deadpool creative team of Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis. So cool. No word yet on whether it's a mini or an ongoing. I do not give a I, I want it right now. I would guess it's a mini, but I'll take it. That's yeah. Oh, that's so, such great news. In movie news, Disney confirmed plans for a Han Solo 
solo movie. It's part of Lucasfilm's Star Wars anthology series that hits on alternating years from the main trilogy. The first film in the series, Rogue One, is already in production for a 2016 release. The Han Solo origin story will be helmed by the busiest man in Hollywood, the Lego Movies director, Christopher Miller, and Phil Lord. Seriously, they're also uh, attached to the Flash solo movie? Yeah. They they do the... the the last man on earth they're all over the damn place listen man if you are going to get a job making star wars movies you need to focus i would think so (laughs) that was really it for marvel like they talked about a lot they talked a lot about all new marvel and things that have already been announced kind of fleshing out what the new books are going to be about and that's all well and good you guys can go read that on your own this is for announcements that's right we're going to move on to the independent space where udon comics Announced their return with Street Fighter Unlimited starting in December by, and I had to look this up. I but cannot they are, wait for you to say these people's names. They are returning Street Fighter comic creators. Yeah, they're amazing Ken Street Fighter artists. Su Chong and Joe Ng. <laughs> NG. <laughs> Joe NG. With backup stories by the Skull Kickers creative team of Jim Zubkovich and Edwin Huang. I love the Street Fighter characters. I, I seriously have read every Street Fighter comic book that's ever come out. There are 99% of them pure garbage. <laughs> Terrible. I can't help but read them. I want them to give this to Jim Zubakovich and let him go crazy. Please. Well, but he's not writing it. He's writing backups. I know. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Fans lamenting the demise of a classic Archie need not mourn any longer. Archie Comics announced Archie meets Ramones. An oversized one-shot teaming the all-American teens with America's most legendary punk band. It's an idea whose time has come. (laughs) The series will be co-written by Alex Segura and Matthew Rosenberg with art by Giselle. Just Giselle. Just Giselle. The series is expected sometime next year, coinciding with Archie's 75th anniversary and the Ramones' 40th. I love the Ramones. I only hope they kill the Archie gang. (laughs) I mean, it was good enough for Kiss. I guess. Archie meets Kiss. You know what? I love the I can't even say that I'll read it because I didn't read Archie Meets Kiss. I will. I'm reviewing it on the show. Calling my shot. Golden Beppo for best single issue. (laughs) I I love that Archie does crap like this. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, and this is the place to do that. Yeah. This is exactly the place to do that. Is it? Is it for us? No. No. I don't know who the f*** this is for. (laughs) Who cares, man? Let them have their fun. They're obviously having a great time. It's for all those young teeny bopper Ramones fans running around. Hey, they're out there. Archie also announced two new series for their Dark Circle line, The Web by Dave White and Simon Kodransky. Who's really good. And The Hangman by Frank Thierry and Felix Ruiz. Do not care for Frank Thierry. (laughs) As with the other Dark Circle titles, The Web and The Hangman are reimaginings of decades-old characters from the golden age of Archie Comics. This new Web is a 14-year-old cosplayer... This is getting kind of meta. Whoa. The new web is a 14-year-old cosplayer dressing as the Silver Age version of the web. Whoa. When she gets her powers. That's like saying, I went to Comic-Con dressed as Spider-Man and I woke up with Spider-Man powers. Oh, I, got, I went dressed as Spider-Man, got bit by Spider-Man, and got Spider-Man's powers. <laughs> <laughs> the, hangman, the Hangman is being reimagined by Thierry and Ruiz as a very intense horror story. Whoa. Dark Circle editor Alex Segura compared it to Quentin Tarantino adapting a Stephen King novel. Okay. Whatever. The Micronauts and Rom Space Knight will return to comics in 2016, courtesy of 
IDW, where there have been Micronauts <laughs> revivals in the past. Rom has remained in the comic book limbo until now. Aside from the name Rom and the character's visual, every single aspect of the Space Knight was created by Marvel. So it'll be interesting to see what form the property takes at its new home. I could not care less about I mean, Rom anywhere but Marvel. I mean, I care. I don't. I do not care. This is bullshit. This is such a tease, man. (laughs) Listen, put yourself in IDW's shoes. IDW's editor-in-chief, Chris Ryall. Other than Aaron Myers, I don't know anyone on the face of the planet that's as big a fan of Rom as Chris Ryall. I get it, but time the fuck out. If Chris Ryall can figure this out, why can't Marvel? Maybe Marvel just doesn't care. Oh, man. Wow. I refuse to read that book or review it. Whoa. (laughs) Dibs. During his Dark Horse Spotlight panel, writer-director Joss Whedon unveiled his new project, a new miniseries called Twist. Whedon described the six-issue series as the answer to, quote, the most personal question that can be put to us, which is, why isn't there a Victorian female Batman? I mean, really? We've been asking that for how long? In the announcement released via Entertainment Weekly, the writer offered more specifics, saying, quote, it's a Victorian thriller about a meek chambermaid who is fed to a dark horror But instead of dying, she returns with knowledge, power, and rage she can neither deny nor control. Kind of Penny Dreadful. I don't know Penny Dreadful. Oh, it's a great show. Not to compare everything he does to his first thing, but if Buffy was fed to vampires and she woke up with the powers of Blade. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, right? I'm in. Joss Whedon, we love him. Oh, yeah. Looks awesome. Finally. I can't believe we're here. Titan Comics announced a new title launching in September from Disney screenwriter Mark Landry and artist Ashley Marie Witter. Bloodthirsty is a visceral revenge thriller that merges the real world hopes and horrors of a post-disaster community with an engaging thread of political corruption, class divide, and blood-curdling terror. Coast Guard veteran Virgil Lefleur, French for The Flower, who struggles daily French with the hardships. The <laughs> Struggles daily with the hardships of a post-Katrina New Orleans. But when his younger brother's murder leads him into a vortex of intrigue, corruption, and violence, Virgil becomes obsessed with bringing the killers to justice and exposing the horrific secret hiding beneath the Mississippi. Titan is really going for it, man. Yeah, they are. They really are. They were mainly just like bringing a lot of British comics over to the states but now it seems like they're really opening up and trying to bring in some new creators and stuff they're doing a lot of like they're doing some weird stuff like serializing stories that were originally published in 2000 AD some of it yeah as separate books but they also have plans to introduce new series for those characters yeah and I'm into that I'm into that because to be perfectly frank and honest I'm not really familiar with how 2000 AD works as a publication and so it's an anthology. Sure, I get it. But like the idea of saying, oh man, haven't you ever read Story X by these guys? It was in 2000 AD, numbers uh, 2150 to yeah. 2178. <laughs> yeah. Six pages at a time. It was in Prague 779. Dude. <laughs> right? I just like, my brain can't, can't. I, I yeah. need it to be pieced together like American comics because I'm a dummy. And there's a lot of really cool characters there. Slain. I really like Slain a lot. Strontium Dog. Very cool. They all spun out of 2000 AD. I'm super excited for this. I think Titans has been great. Likewise. Happy trails to you. That is your Comic-Con 
2015. Big news. If you'd like to discuss these stories and all the other Comic-Con news we missed. And we missed a lot of it. Oh, seriously, like, trying to separate the no. signal from the noise during no Comic-Con weekend is near impossible. You can hit us up at the THN forums where Joe and I will be recuperating from this orgy of comic journalism with a well-deserved Cosmo and a soothing pedicure. Huh? That was nice, right? Man, that does feel nice. Right? That sounds good. Speaking of which, every week, the perfectly pedicured Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in the THN forums for you nerds to argue over like wild dogs tugging at a T-bone. Joe, what do we ask these rabid listeners this week? This week's question, in honor of Lando Calrissian getting his own solo series, who is your favorite comic book scoundrel? Fun. It is fun. Fun. But I have a list of like 10. You have until 5 p.m. CST, that's Central Standard Time, this coming Friday, July 17th, to get us your answer. You can call us and leave a message with your answer using Skype, the Skype panel's two-headed nerd, all one word, or call the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. If you're feeling fancy, you can send an mp3 to two-headed at gmail.com, but keep it under two minutes or you'll get cut off, because that. that's just, that's how it goes. If you need more time than that, feel free to write your full answer in the question of the week section of the THN web forums, and then tune in next Thursday to hear you and your fellow listeners on the THN answer of the week podcast. Best goddamn show on the internet. It's better than this one by far. Hey, Billy, you free tonight? Works every time. Back in August of 2006, the International Astronomical Union, led by the findings of Neil deGrasse Tyson, voted to change Pluto's status as a planet to that of a dwarf planet. Little did they know that almost 10 years later, the New Horizons spacecraft would find out just how pissed off the little planet was. So join us now as we watch Pluto leave its orbit for a planet-sized beatdown on NASA's puny human spacecraft while we review 12 of this week's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round! Ludicrous Speed! Go! Archie, number one from Archie. I bet that's never been said that tough before. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Wade and Fiona Staples finally bring us the Archie makeover that no one in particular was really clamoring for. But hey, why not? Right? This is very well done. Just as you'd expect from these creators. And it's elevated above the goofy nature normally present in Archie's stories. But as much as I really did enjoy it. And I did. If I'm being honest, there really isn't much here that will convert you into an Archie fan if you didn't already have those leanings. I loved it. Genuinely, I did really enjoy it. But I recognize the fact that a lot of readers just won't care. And no amount of Wade Staples magic will change that. It's a strong skimmit. Until they give him AIDS. Huh? That's gonna get you. (laughs) Mad Max Fury Road, colon, Max. Redundancy, number one, from DC slash Vertigo. George Miller's Max comics roll on, this time the story of Max before he stumbled upon Immortan Joe's kingdom. Max is attempting to rebuild his Interceptor and resorts to fighting in a different version of the Thunderdome to win an engine. Which left me wondering, is there more than one Thunderdome? Is this the same people from Bartertown running this Thunderdome? Are there Thunderdomes all over Australia? I don't know. The story was good, and the art by Mark Sexton was pitch perfect. This just seems to tread on some ground we've already visited in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and honestly, I would have rather read a bridge from Thunderdome to Fury Road. Kind of an odd choice. Not a bad comic. I'm giving it a skim it. 1872, number one from Marvel. That's a lot of numbers. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Jerry Duggan and Nicole Varela recast the Marvel Universe in a Wild West mold with pretty fun results. 
I was sad to see Doc Sheener backed out of drawing this project. Yeah, what is that about? He's just, he said, dudes, I am too busy. I get it. But Varela's art is excellent, and Jerry Duggan delivers a fun story with tension and humor. I'm giving it a buy it. It's a Western. All right. It's Western with Steve Rogers as a sheriff. What do you want? Super neat. Of course, Dr. Doom was like, oh, you know what we need in Battle World. We've discussed this. <laughs> Dr. Doom didn't create it. It was existing, and he patchworked it together. In my world, he picked See, all of it. I he love made cowboys. It. <laughs> Ooh, and dinosaurs. Yeah. Transference, number one from Black Mask. Hoax Hunters writer Michael Morisi teams up with artist Ron Salas to tell the story of three agents working for an agency that uses time travel to clean up their messes. But when a terrorist group also has the same technology... They may be in real trouble. Great art by Salas here. The story was a little mind-bending and weird, but by the time you get to the end of it, it becomes apparent it's supposed to be disjointed as you're pulled into a time travel mystery with the main character who may have had his own past changed. I'm giving it a buy it. How irresponsible. Civil War, number one from Marvel. Torn from a world where Captain America never surrendered, the Civil War did way more damage here than the New Warriors did in the 616. Flash forward six years, and Cap and Tony are bitter enemies, each thinking the other is trying to kill them to further their own agenda. This was a weird extension of the original Civil War, and I'm I'm just not sure that I buy that things went this far downhill. <laughs> but I guess anything goes on Battleworld, and so Doom loved Civil whatever. War. He yeah. won't stop talking I know. about it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm really that interested in revisiting this story, but it's executed well enough, and the art by Linnell Francis Yu is nice as usual. Skim it. Star Trek Green Lantern, number one from IDW. IDW Star Trek architect Mike Johnson writes the intercompany crossover you never thought you'd see. Here, the crew of the Enterprise discovers a set of brightly colored rings on a lifeless rock along with the skeleton of one of the Guardians. Ow! I have no clue what version of the GL Core we're going to get here, and I don't care. This was a fun space sci-fi romp starring two of my favorite sci-fi properties with kick-ass art by Angel Hernandez. Continuity be damned! Buy it! You don't worry about continuity in intercompany crossovers. No, you can't. You can't. This was, it was so fun, though. Invader Zim, number one, from Oni. I have never seen a single episode of Invader Zim. There. I'm putting that out there. Okay. I watched it. I was past my regular cartoon watching years when it came out. I'm 40 and mine are yet to pass me. I, mean, <laughs> I just mean to say that it came out during a time that I wasn't regularly watching a lot of TV you're, every single week. You were busy getting laid. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, nothing makes you feel older than nostalgic revivals of properties that came out after your time. See also Marissa Tomei getting cast as Aunt May. It's real weird. What? She did? <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, what all the reports say. Boy. I can see the appeal here. It's got some really funny moments, but the story has the focus of an Adderall junkie. This is definitely going to appeal to fans, but otherwise, skim it. I can't say that I've ever wanted to have sex with Aunt May until now. That's so weird. <laughs> These feelings are bizarre. Bloodstrike number one from Image. The infamous Rob Field resurrects Bloodstrike for reasons we may never understand. And this one, well, it's got it all. A dismembered super badass impossibly gnawing through his shoulder, characters with swords that pop out of their wrists, and of course, two more swords on their back, just in case, some of the most macho and mindless dialogue I've read since the 90s, and the main plot of the story is the aforementioned dismembered super badass chasing down the evil villainess that stole his penis. And of course, <laughs> spoiler alert, we get to see it on the last page. Rob... You never fail to deliver, sir. Leave it! That, listen, <laughs> the thing in that jar on the last page of Bloodstrike number one 
put James Robinson and Greg Hinkle's to oh, shame. Yeah, like I'm not sure if Rob's ever seen a real penis. <laughs> <laughs> Strange fruit number one from Boom. There's been a lot of talk online this week about whether or not the world really needs two middle-aged white dudes take on the black struggle in the Deep South during the 20th century. I'm going to save that argument for the smart kids. As for the actual comic, it's just okay. The painted art by J.G. Jones is by far the star of the show, but Mark Waid's script is full of one-dimensional characters with no real reason to care about any of them beyond the visceral racism is bad reaction. This is just a four-issue mini, so I'm willing to give Wade a little time to flesh out the characters, but for now, I gotta give it a skimmit. Age of Apocalypse number one from Marvel. Let's stay in the 90s for a moment, shall we? One of the kings of the Marvel 90s years, Fabian Nicesia resurrects the Age of Apocalypse with the help of artist Gerardo Sandoval, who is doing his best Joe Madureira impression. This Im- It's not that hard. <laughs> Joe Madureira. I just love saying it. This immediately pulled me back into one of my favorite X Elseworlds stories, and I loved it. I know we're all feeling overwhelmed with these Secret Wars tie-ins, but this really was fun for an old guy like me that grew up reading the X-Men in the 90s. Giving it a buy it. I totally understand if you guys tell me I'm out of my mind. Negative Space, number one, from Dark Horse. I picked up Negative Space, number one, on the recommendation of the crew over at Nerdspan.com. I'm so glad I did, because this comic blew me away. Guy is a writer that's having the ultimate writer's block. He can't find the right words for his own suicide note. As he stumbles through the day, his life is slowly unraveled right in front of him, leading him to discover a horrifically bizarre conspiracy behind it all. What Guy doesn't know yet is that there is an organization invested in the production and harvesting of human despair, all to appease some kind of demonic creatures that we only get a glimpse of here, that we only get a glimpse of here, it's like Cabin in the Woods for Depression. Ryan, that's, a, that's fantastic. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Ryan K. Lindsay's story is scary and sad and sweet and beautifully drawn by Owen Gianni. Huge buy it. Same here. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Star Wars Lando, number one from Marvel. Charles Soule does an amazing job nailing the sexy scoundrel that is Lando Calrissian in the first two pages. Alex Mayleaf's art is perfect here, and he's able to deftly sidestep the annoying photo referencing that comes with a lot of celebrity characters in comics. The story itself is fairly straight ahead. Lando is in deep and has to pull up one more job to get out of debt. And of course, all is not what it seems. Who could have known that Lobot was not only a stone-faced cyborg, but Lando's main bro and a totally compelling character, too? I loved this. It's exactly what you think it's going to be, and it was f***ing great. I'm giving it a buy it. Nom, 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 chomp! That is your ludicrous speed round, and nom, 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 chomp is the sound of Bloodstrike gnawing through his own arm, as seen in the pages <laughs> of Bloodstrike number one. So I'm f***ing stupid. I'm not kidding you. Rob Field chose to use the sound nom. Nom, nom. <laughs> well, also chomp. Terrible. Chomp is fine. I mean, like, whatever. Like, Rob, do you not understand that in the human arm, there's all sorts of bones and <laughs> Like, what? Well, what? he, like, eats his shoulder, too. Like, like, seriously, do me a favor. Just real quick. Put your arm out. Yeah. Turn your head. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's impossible. <laughs> He's very flexible. <laughs> When you are through gnawing off your appendages, feed us your opinions of these comics over at the THN forums in the This Week's Comics section. 
his fiery anti-Canadian rant on national TV this week, Matt was stunned to find his poll numbers sinking to Ted Cruz levels. I don't know what happened. In the wake of Labatt's Blue and OPA Souvlaki of Greece pulling their sponsorships. Else, to be fair, OPA has bigger kebabs to fry back home, okay? <laughs> Matt almost went over the edge when the NHL pulled his center ice subscription. Which is bullshit. And his favorite hockey player of all time, ex-Toronto Maple Leafs team captain Matt Sundin, delivered the news in person along with a cross-check to his ribs. Uncalled for, sir. He's a Lady Bing Trophy winner. He's supposed to be a nice guy. Join me now in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum and help me to console our failed presidential candidate by distracting poor Matt with some talk of next week's comics. Matt, what's got you excited next week? Next week. I'm excited for Godzilla in Hell, number one, from IDW, written and drawn by James Stokoe, 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit, and it's a hell of a solicit. Godzilla meets his greatest adversary of all time, the impossible tortures of hell. Each issue of this special miniseries will see Godzilla enter a new level of the underworld to do battle with the impossible. James Stokoe is a crazy person, yeah. and he has more than proved that with his last Godzilla storyline, Godzilla the Half-Century War. If you haven't read it, it was wonderful. I cannot wait to see what he does here. Joey, what are you reading next week? Next week, I'm excited for Book of Death, number one from Valiant Entertainment, written by Robert Venditti, with art by Robert Gill and Dougie Braithwaite. Sometimes Doug, sometimes Dougie. He's they called the They called him Doug in the actual solicit, but come on now. Yeah. You'll always be Dougie to me. It's true. Teach me how to Dougie, will you, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your solicit. A coward dies a thousand times before his death, but the valiant taste of death but once. The valiant heroes, Exo Manowar, Bloodshot, Ninjack, the Harbinger Renegades, Unity. This is how they lived. This is how they died. Now we know. The book of the Geomancer has recorded it all, but only a young girl, the last in a line of the enigmatic mystics who protect the earth, known as Geomancers, has seen this future come to pass. She was getting down with Bloodshot for a while there. No, this is, remember, at the end of, well, I don't want to spoil oh, it. Oh, never mind, never mind. Different you know, Geomancer. Uh, back it up. <laughs> From the coming cataclysm to the dawn of the 41st century, alone with her sworn protector, the Eternal Warrior, a soldier battleforged across 5,000 years of combat, the duo must defy their allies to stop the Dark Age that now threatens to eclipse our world. Some bitch. Together, they are the number one target of every hero and villain on Earth. Either the Eternal Warrior hands her over, or they take him down. But can even he single-handedly protect one child when the entire Valiant Universe wages war against him? I don't know, but I want to find out. I guess we don't have to read it, because that was the whole story. <laughs> this sounds like it spins right out of the last big Valiant miniseries yes. called The Valiant. Yes. Which was phenomenal. Yeah, it was excellent. I am excited to read this. It's going to be great. Here's the thing with Valiant. You can be like me and be completely behind on all of their solo books and then jump right in with a book like this. Absolutely. And be fine as frog's hair. Yeah. Fine as frog's hair? Yeah. Fine as frog's hair. <laughs> I've never heard that one. You haven't? Oh, man. No. That's, a, that's a classic. Thank you, Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I appreciate that. The THN Trade of the Week goes to Long Walk to Valhalla, a hardcover original graphic novel from Archaea, part of Boom Now. Written by Adam Smith with art by Matt Fox. It's 144 pages for the low, low price of $24.99. Here's your solicit. There are many things that Rory would like to forget about his childhood growing up in rural Arkansas. Sometimes he'd even like to forget about Joe. 
his mentally challenged older brother. Wouldn't we all? Yeah, I've been trying for a while. Both his closest friend and biggest problem. When a young girl named Sylvia shows up claiming to be a Valkyrie sent by the Norse god Odin to deliver Rory to Valhalla, you will have to face the past he's tried to lock away. What in the hell? I don't know what this is. <laughs> I saw it on the list for next week, and it was Matthew Fox, who I like okay, quite a bit. Yeah, he's good. And then all this stuff about Valkyries coming from Odin to claim a dude for Valhalla. I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. All right. Really? This is the pick of the week because of sheer curiosity. I don't know anything about it. I don't really know Adam Smith, but Arkaya puts out wonderful. They really do. They really do. Wonderful. Yeah. Now that his presidential coffers have run dry, Matt has agreed to apologize to our neighbors up north and drop out of the race. Allowing us to get back on track here at the Ziggurat. Matt, say you're sorry. Sorry. Be sure to let us know. <laughs> I, I guess that's good enough. Be sure to let us know which of the 278 Republican candidates you're excited to watch go up in flames next and what you'll be reading next week over at the Two-Headed Nerd Forums. Sort of break it, break it down like this. That is it for our annual Comic-Con Roundup episode of THN. If you're curious to see if we actually ever make it to Comic-Con ourselves, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. And while you're there, you can leave us your star ratings, your reviews, your thumbs up, or your little hearts, because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. Thank you to all of our donors, and if you want to help fund next year's convention excursion, hint, 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 you can do so by clicking our PayPal button at TwoHeadedNerd.com, and if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box, and as little as a dollar a month really does help. If you're interested in sponsoring THN, shoot us an email with the subject line, Sponsorship. And while you are there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, Facebook, Skype, and the Ziggurat Hotline, 402-819-4894. And do not forget to go sign up for the THN forums. It's your little virtual piece of the Ziggurat where you can discuss this week's show, you can ask us to review your self-published comics, and you can learn more about our segments and how you can be a part of them, or more importantly... Just rap about comics. If you dig the music you hear on this show, you can follow our soundtrack playlist on Spotify by searching for Matt Bomb's Spotify profile. It's, it's real easy. It's pretty easy. Before we go, our weekly shout out goes to Ed Piscor, creator of the Hip Hop Family Tree and all the other talented creators that took home awards at this year's Eisner Ceremony on Friday. Word to all of you. Keep up the amazing work, guys and girls. And to all our friends that got to go to Comic-Con while we stayed home to deal with reality, you're f***ing dead to us. Kids, we are going to take next week off because this was just too overwhelming for the both of us. My God. Yeah, that's exactly why. But the answer of the week will show up as usual. So look forward to that. And until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics because your retailer will never have the scratch to go to Comic-Con if you don't. This is the Two-Headed Nerd. Signing off.